Hello, my name is Anoa Changa. The Wedding with Anoa. you guys welcome to the way with Anoa. oh my gosh pre-inauguration see you in dc edition because no i don't really care about the loser soon to be idiot in chief i'm excited because we're deploying progressive army in dc tomorrow live stuff about to go down um tomorrow night we are having a meetup if you are in the dc area tomorrow and you want to come kick it with us as well as some of our independent progress media friends. I believe last update I saw, um, of course, Tim Black will be in the house. He's in the area. He's in the house. He's a local. Um, Michael Tracy hit us up. Uh, I think Jordan Cheriton's coming. Um, like, I, I just just keep people keep popping up and saying, yeah, that sounds cool. We'll come through too. Um, of course, Part of, my, part of the Progressive Army and the person who picked our location, so hopefully it's live, Michael Salamone. Um, so, so yeah, definitely come and check us out um, at Smith Commons. Um, I will, we've retweeted, we've tweeted out the the, 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 the link to the flyer. Also, shout out to Salamone for the awesome graphics. Um, but yeah, come check us out. I think, I think that we have a lounge area from 6 to 10, but Friday's early morning for some of us, but we'll still, you know, kick it for a bit. Um, so also just, you know, hit us up if you're in DC and you want to kind of try and see where we're at. We'll be streaming live all weekend as much as possible. You know, there's some restrictions Friday if you're along the parade route, stuff like that. So, so if you are going to be going to any of the events and stuff in DC, excuse me, make sure you pay attention to the logistics. For example, Answer Coalition um, has a really great logistics page for their marches and stuff um, Friday morning, which I want to speak. I get to speak at the rally uh, and the protest Friday morning. Don't know the exact speaking order yet, but that's very, very cool because we're right along parade, parade route at Navy Yard. Super exciting. But one of the things you can't bring because it's right there along the parade route that we secret service and security checkpoints, selfie sticks. And um, so, so there's a long list of stuff, you know, bags have to be a certain size. It's all types of stuff. So pay close attention. If you're going to the Women's March, same type of thing. If you're going to a women's, women's March, you know, in your, in your local community, check just to see what, if anything, the restrictions are, you know? So um, those are just things to consider. If you're doing something else, right? If you have alternatives, hit me up on Twitter because I would love to know what you're doing. If you, if the Women's March is not for you, um, like, I, like I've said before, I'm not necessarily completely sold entirely on the Women's March, but I know quite a few people who I really respect who have either been involved or they're attending. And I really think it's a good opportunity to kind of capture um, what we're not going to see from, you know, particular media darlings, right, who will be reporting on these types of events. Like, I find value in sharing stories of voices of individual people. So I've also, in other news, I've also moved over to Spreaker. Like Ben, yeah, I know what took me so long. I don't know. 
anyway, <laughs> it looks complicated. I'm <laughs> not really, but I'm, I'm on Spreaker now, just like Ben. Um, so you can still, you know, find all my stuff on Loyal Fanoa, but this, but, but on Spreaker, I'm going to migrate all my stuff over. Um, probably not. I probably won't get to do it since I'm leaving early tomorrow morning. Probably won't get to do it until next week, but my first Spreaker episode is up and it is an interview with one of the organizers from the Boston March. She's a, she's Ethiopian. She's a brand new, just became a U.S. citizen um, last fall and voted in this election. Um, very, very awesome woman, Yordanos. And then I also talked with um, Zakia Ansari with Alliance on uh, Quality of Education, for Quality and Education from New York. And she's going to be attending the, the, the Washington um, March. And we also talk about some of the issues that AQE has been fighting, such as um, they did the equity walk about a month, two months ago. They've been fighting for education equity and demanding that Governor Cuomo fulfill the mandate from a 10-year-old lawsuit of equitable funding for New York City's public schools. So, I mean, this is a, as we're in the midst of, you know, public education and discussing, um, you know, basically the confirmation hearings is going on right now, th this type of thing. Is, is really crucial. I'll get into that a little bit more um, later on. But yeah, so there's there's a lot going on. Um, we're really excited. And 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 I know that, that there are mixed emotions going into this weekend for a lot of people. But I just think, you know, here at Progressive Army, at our, our, our whole team of shows, we're going to keep doing what we've been doing since, since Jump, since it's been almost a year now. We're going to keep doing what we've been doing. We're going to keep providing you information. We're going to keep providing you news, critical pr perspectives, um, from from our own individual viewpoints. And I think that's what you get when you rock with us. So so thank you. I also want to give a shout out to my patrons because I have three new people from the last show. Yay. I'm starting to, I'm starting, I'm getting up there. We're starting to get up there. Um, and everybody who donated to the GoFundMe, we were just a little shy of our goal, but we still got very close. And 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 that that that's a big, that's a big help. Like you guys, like seriously, our trip. You guys are making it possible because right after the holidays, and and I mean that's just so, so much love was shown to us um, by so many different people, and and you're really making it possible that we can you know bring Solomon down from upstate New York. You know Ben's coming down from Buff from Boston. I'm coming up from Atlanta. Um, we may even have you know some special guests from other parts northeast. So it's it's, it's really a beautiful thing. Um, we were even able to make a, a small donation to Occupy Inauguration. So so thank you guys so much for helping us to be able to participate. Oh, that's I think I forgot to tell you guys. Sharing, yay, because I know it has so much good news. I get to be on a panel during Occupy Inauguration this weekend during the summit. So that's really exciting as well. Um, so so yeah, so you guys, you guys are like the, the home team support for everything that we do here at Progressive Army, and we really appreciate you. But for my patrons, special shout out to uh, Misa, Nicholas K, Nick, hopefully you are in and around and you can stop by and, and hang with us a bit. And penultimate, Tommy. Thank you guys, I appreciate you. So it's a lot going on. It's always a lot going on. Um, there was a piece uh, earlier today from Reuters about uh, Facebook. And the, the allegations that Facebook is uh, basically racially discriminatory in the way they're censoring posts and information. And we've seen this. I actually just saw on Twitter tonight that there have been several younger leftist thinkers that have been suspended from Twitter for various reasons. So we've seen how either from people reporting old posts, we saw this happen when Ben and Yvette Carnell and Boyce Watkins and others were blocked on, uh, they were basically in Facebook jail, what, last week? Um, over uh, uh, older content, and and we've seen this this targeting of particular people's 
of verbiage and, and discussion and discourse. And, you know, Facebook is just like, well, that that violates the community. But how is discussing in many of these instances that I personally have seen with friends of mine, um, my friend Yamina, who helps me run uh, African Americans for Bernie and Black Burner Coalition. She was simply talking about how she felt that white people who want to understand more about race need to go listen to Tim Wise. And her account was shut down for three days. And this was during, I believe this might have been during like the tail end of the primary process and out in California where she's trying to organize not having her social media, one of her major aspects of social media for three days was was really difficult in the middle of the organizing she was trying to do. So we've seen this targeting of attacks and stuff and, and the attitude. And, and no, it's not just some automated thing at Facebook. Like when we've seen the responses, because you'll get a response, right? And it'll it'll say like a you know someone has reviewed your request. So 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 we've seen information that they're actually people reviewing these things, and they're deciding that no. But we see some of the other stuff that's allowed to be up and stay on Facebook, and it's like nothing nothing happens. So there, there clearly is an active targeting of certain people and viewpoints and ideas that's happening in social media. And the question begs. Why don't we have, we, we complain about how much, how bad the evil empire is and the evil corporation and we're raging about capitalism <laughs> on, on, on corporate sites. When do we then start to invest in our own mediums of exchange? You know, like, like, is that something that the left should be doing? Should we be doing something or investing or supporting things like Media Revolt, which Michael Salomon has been developing and hopefully will be able to, to launch soon, um, which which has platforms similar to that, which is for the people. You know, do we, do we, I'm starting to learn the, the deeper I get into the activism and stuff, right? I'm starting to learn about the different apps people are using that help get around um, some of the Ooh, excuse me, some of the, the surveillance and things like that. So so it's so much out there that we have to be cognizant and aware of. And I thought that was just a really interesting piece I saw earlier um, that people are starting to put the pieces together and really push back and challenge, you know, but at what point do we stop demanding the tools of the presser to be fair to us and just start creating our own stuff elsewhere? I know we got some awesome coders and other people out there, um, programmers who can do this this type of stuff. Um, you know, if, if, if that's something that you do and you're interested in, um, you should definitely hit up Michael Salomon's because we need to get Media Revolt and projects like it launched. Um, so that was that was just something to us. Another thing that caught my eye tonight was um, Kim Fox. Uh, you know, last year there was the whole buy Anita campaign. You know, Anita Alvarez, the former Cook County um, a state, a state attorney, was dismissed. You know, there was a, a massive campaign was launched against her and she was replaced by Kim Fox. Um, Kim Fox has started off the new year with um, with a, a, a she's pressed charges in, in a police case. I just had the. I had the link. But anyway, she she's bringing charges in a police case. Uh, the, the cop sh- shot a man in, a, in, in northwest Chicago and she's charging him with first degree murder. There's. Do not pass go. Do not collect $100. I mean, she's so whether or not she's really doing this because she's about that life and she's really going to, you know, crack down on Chicago police. You know, we, we, we just saw the, the, the Chicago the report come down from the DOJ or if it's she wants to make sure she keeps her job, um, you know, the communities involved and engage and people and she knows their eyes are on her. I mean, she saw what happened to her predecessor. I'm sure she doesn't want that to happen to her. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that all that case and stuff unfolds um, going forward. 
But something else that was really cool that I actually skipped um, when I went, when I first started was I I got a notification that one of my friends was live streaming right before I came came on to talk to you guys and I'm like what is going on I see the most fabulous people with their rainbow flags and everybody they're playing Beyonce people are singing and it's in Chevy Chase Maryland I'm like what is going on here so little do I know. There's a queer dance party happening outside. Um, let's, let's just talk about the level of activism people are on right now. Like, I mean, you can engage however you're going to engage. Make it work for you and make this take a stand and do what you got to do to get your message across, right? And I mean, this seems like a definitely a fun event to be a part of. So there's a queer dance party that was happening in front of um, the incoming vice president's home. Um Pence's, Pence and his family have been staying um, in a section temporarily of, of Chevy, Chase, Chevy Chase, Maryland, um, right outside of D.C. So there have been other, you know, there have been other, you know, instances and protests type of things in terms of where he's living. And, and this is what's happening tonight is they're having a, a, a queer dance party. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Also happening tonight was... Um, there's a government government sacks protest in New York, and there was another plan protest tomorrow night. Um, apparently, John Lequizama follows me on Twitter. I'm not really sure why, <laughs> but um, but he retweeted. It was very cool. I don't. I'm sure he's probably not paying attention to this. Um, I'm surprised I'm not on some evil Bernie bro list, but uh, it was very cool. And what was really cool, so I shared a video about this government sacks protest from Zakia Ansari, who I mentioned earlier. Really great work that they're doing with Alliance of Quality Education. Again, I'll get back to the education stuff in a moment. But it was cool that 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 whoever is running the account, whether whether John is actually sitting on the couch on Twitter himself or whomever is running his Twitter account is actually paying attention to some of the activism stuff. So regardless of why they're following me or following other activists, they're resharing. He he I, I gotta give him kudos, you know, for resharing stuff that local people, not the fancy big name people that everybody knows, but just regular local people doing actions, because that's really what we really need to be doing. We need to be lifting up the voices, the messaging, the experiences of people who are really actually out there on the ground doing the work, not just, you know, the more notable names who get out there and do stuff. I mean, not no, no diss, not that what people who have a big name, not that they're not important, but there are a lot of people for every one person that you know, that you see on TV, there's at least 10 to 50 other ones grinding it out on the local level, doing what they're doing in the community. And, and, and I would love to, to, as we build out, you know, the rest of this year and beyond to start bringing more of those voices to you through our work here with, I mean, Progressive Army, our writing side has already been doing, you know, spotlights on local progressives. So definitely make sure you check out the blog, progressivearmy.com and check out some of those different stories that have been going on from what's happened in Florida to, to what's been going on out in California. I mean, Washington, there's so many different pieces and stuff going in, in, into play. Um, so, but that, but that, that's an aside, but, 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 but the, the queer dance party, I just watched it. I was like, what is going on? This seems like so much fun. It's like, what is this? Shout out to Stan Williams for, 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 for helping to perk up my, my Wednesday night. Um, Cause it was a little dull packing before the show. Um, so see you in DC, right? We're heading to DC. Um, you can check out all of our streams and stuff. Similar to when we did the DNC coverage. Uh, sometime we'll, we'll, we'll tweet it out when we'll start on Friday, but check for us for different feet and stuff possibly throughout the day tomorrow. I know that Michael Salomon and Tim Black will probably be streaming from our event at some point in time tomorrow night. Um, but we'll definitely be streaming the rest of the weekend as much as possible through all events that we're able to. 
Uh, and CUNDC.com, S-E-E-C-U-Y-O-U-N-D-C.com. That's the website. Our streams and stuff will, will link to there. You'll also be able to come and see coverage on Ben's channel, um, probably starting later in the day on Friday. Like I said, we'll tweet stuff out. Um, follow us on Periscope, but but that website will link to our Periscope pages and things like that too. Oops. So you can be able to see uh, what's going on and and, and where, where we're at and how things are moving along. So, um, so yeah, so definitely make sure you check out share. Okay. Cause we, we want to make sure that people are seeing the real deal on the ground, right? Same as the guys were able to do during the DNC. I mean, you know, Ben and Salomon and John, they were right there in the street when the delegates walked out right there. Ben got a, got an interview in the streets with, with Jill Stein, right? Like, so, so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be there to make sure that that coverage, those stories, the voices that often aren't heard are heard. That's what we do well. Um, so moving on, because still got to get a little little old school. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can do it because I got. I'm tired and traveling, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to pull out one of those old school Noah rants for you tonight. Um, we got we got we got the Betsy Devos <laughs> hearings going on, right? And and you know she she kind of reminds me like I think I'm trying to think of like what she like I'm like listening to her name like she sounds like some like evil stepmother villain or something like that from like a Disney movie and then it hit me she reminds me of Angelica Houston from The Witches I don't know if you guys ever saw I, I don't you know everyone's varying ages so either if you're older and you have kids or if you're around my age and you were a kid I don't know if you've ever seen The Witches if you haven't very good movie but like. <laughs> She reminds me they, they hated children. The witches hated children. Like they they smelled to them. They actually like in the movie, the whole big plot was that they had developed a serum that turned all the children into mice because they wanted to get rid of all the kids because the kids smelled bad to them, right? But that's like what she reminds me of. She reminds me of one of these witches from this movie. And they they come together and they convene and they're hideous underneath their, their mask and stuff. And like, that's just what I thought of. Like every time I see a picture of her, it just reminds me of the witches. But like, I mean, and she's awful, right? She she's she has no experience in public, like, like no experience in public education, right? She's never taught, no administrative experience. She raises a lot of money to defund public schools and to lobby against them. Her kids didn't go to public schools, like nothing, right? Like I saw a post and somebody was like, well, she's never even had any experience managing student loans but hey she uh i guess she owns a, a, a creditor <laughs> a debt collections agency that takes money that, that 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 recoups you know money from people who owe their student loans so it's just like all types of you know bernie had a sick burn earlier with his you know if you didn't donate however it's like what 200 million dollars or whatever would you even be sitting here right now like yeah that's that Brooklyn. That Brooklyn be coming out of Bernie. You know, I give Bernie a hard time sometimes. He's not above reproach. But that Brooklyn, when that Brooklyn comes out, it's like, ooh, burn. <laughs> but um, but but real talk though, like she's a disaster. And it's gonna it means like we really need to be paying attention and rethinking the way we engage in education advocacy. And what I mean by that is Democrats right now, liberals, progressives, leftists, whatever people are calling themselves as they, I really don't, I really don't care. Like, I don't care what new acronym y'all come up with, but whatever it is. The way people are acting right now, like, like the sky is about to fall and life is over as we know it. And I'm not minimizing how awful and atrocious she personally is, right? 
what I'm going to emphasize is the need for us to get involved. If education, even if education is not an issue that's like top on your priority list, like let's say you don't have kids in school anymore because they're all grown or you don't have children yet. You're a young professional or you're just a young worker and you, you're not even there. This is still like education is so central to the functionality of our existence that it absolutely demands all of our concern. Like, like, like I get, we gotta, we got so many different things that demand our attention, but like education and education efforts, like I said, like what's going on in New York um, with the, with, with, with the lack of, of equitable funding, right. Which is actually mandated by law and the city and state of New York still isn't in compliance after over 10 years. So there are so many issues and that's just one level of an issue because we're really upset about this, this, this thought of defunding public schools because like Republicans are like, like Democrats on steroids. Right. So like when it comes to education, because because you, you have this 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 faction of Democrats that have no problem with, with school privatization to, to a degree. Right. They have no problem with public charter schools. And I'm going to be clear. I don't think that charter schools are inherently evil. Right. Like I'm be I'm be real. Like that's kind of charter schools are kind of controversial, particularly in black communities, not because they're evil and they're all so bad, but because real talk, when you talk, when you look at what public education system has left for many of us in many of our communities, there are no options. So if there is a viable option that opens up, there are parents who are going to take them. So I have seen a few charter schools that are positive. But that's because of the way they're 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 structured. So there are a lot of issues and loopholes and policy and the governance and stuff. And I absolutely agree. But I'm not I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh my god, they're so evil. It's the end of the world. Charter schools need to be held accountable the same way regular public schools should be. We should not be phasing out or closing, turning around, basically decimating public school opportunity. To create to then turn around and give that same building or area to a charter school that then does not even perform as well, does not have the same requirements and oversight. Like those that those are huge issues that need to be addressed. But here's the thing: we should not just be angry and outraged by it just because it's a Republican on the other end. Now I got a little pushback earlier when I said this, but but I absolutely mean this. When Arnie Duncan came in as Secretary of Education in 2009 after the decimation of public public education opportunity on the south and west sides of Chicago, barely anyone said anything. Because don't nobody care about screwing over little poor brown and black kids unless it possibly threatens what's going on in your neighborhood. That's real talk. There are a lot of people like, oh, no, 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 we did. But he's not as bad as she is. I don't I'm not even talking about bad because, see, Democrats, leftists, liberals, progressives, whatever people are calling themselves these days. We need to stop with that. It's not as bad as or this wasn't as bad as or this is far more worse than it's a scale. It's a spectrum. It's a spectrum of awful. OK, it's a spectrum uh, 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 of. It's a spectrum of awful. It's a spectrum of, of, of opportunity that is being sucked out and taken away. Whether we're talking about poor children living in rural areas, regardless of race or urban areas, because we have some pretty diverse, you know, poor areas in, in, in some urban areas too. It's not just rural versus urban poverty, but we need to look at the bigger picture. We can't just say she is awful. And, and Republicans are bad without looking at the manner in which Democrats have once set the stage for the crisis we're having right now in education with their siding and lining up with people like the Betsy's of the world. Because 
everybody want to talk about Cory Booker. Why do people hate Cory Booker so bad? Uh, that's one of her favorite Democrats. Let her tell it. They sat on the board together. There are too many Democrats who have been cozy with the likes of Betsy over the last several years, over the last decade or more. They've had no problem turning around schools, dumping kids and families out of their neighborhood school and putting in some corporate sponsored BS that doesn't even have to take the neighborhood kids. Like when I worked in Chicago, like Arnie, the, the, the thing about Arnie Duncan, Arnie Duncan absolutely like bothers me to no end. Primarily because of I, one of my projects when I worked for the nonprofit that I worked for right after law school doing public housing and public education law policy was tracking school closures. And particularly, I looked at the communities that were the trans, plan for transformation communities. Um, and we, we did this massive project. We looked at all the, the, the major man plan for transformation communities. And these were communities in Chicago. That's a whole nother conversation. We'll talk about some other time. But we looked at the schools that were existing. What was the homeschool based on the boundaries and things like that? And, and we talked to the service providers at these, at these sites to see where were the kids going. Because the service providers on, on the sites, usually they knew where all the public housing kids were going because they, they interacted with them. But usually if there were other children on the, on, on the property, they also knew where they were going to school as well. So we were able to track for several of the properties, like where kids were going to school. But that didn't really tell the whole picture because like, you know, usually in cities you have like certain like boundary guidelines, right? Like schools, like elementary schools can only be but so far away to be a homeschool, you know, that type of stuff, right? High school, same thing. So when you start going back and looking through old Chicago Board of School, like records, like meeting notes and stuff like that about school closures, turnarounds, and things like that, like you look at one year and it'd be, okay, a list of schools that are closing and being turned around. And then the and then it'll have the school that the kids are going to. So when you look at what we called like the stateway, the Mid-South area, when you look at like Stateway Gardens and Robert Taylor Homes going down State Street, that's about a 15 city block area just lengthwise, right? That had Robert Taylor Homes, which had about, I think about at maximum capacity, like 4,000 units. I forget how many were at Stateway, but two combined, very large, massive, 15 blocks of, can you imagine? 15 blocks of, of public housing high rises and stuff, right? There were approximately, I think like eight schools along that stretch. Every single last one of them, except for like one was closed. And the one that remained open was the one that was farthest down the way. When you go over across a highway, right? So there was a smaller complex called Abbott Homes. That neighborhood school right there was also closed. And those kids, and we're talking about elementary schools, right? So if elementary school students who ordinarily would have been able to walk to their school, their neighborhood school is closed. And then now, and this is all while Arnie Duncan, because they had the Mid-South plan, they were going to redevelop, they were going to do this. But they're looking at, they're just looking at straight data because these are failing schools. And the idea was that these kids at these failing schools would then get sent to a better performing school. But here's the kicker. So if this school is only form, performing at 35%, a school that's performing at 47% is a quote unquote better performing school. So, so you have already a school that's, that, 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 that is struggling, but it's not struggling as much than, as another school. So you take the kids that are from this really struggling school to a kind of struggling school without any additional support. But then guess what happens the next year? The school that all the kids got sent to, that one got closed too. And on and on and on. It, it was several years back to back that this happened. And this happened to a population that at that time, because Chicago Housing Authority, because it's all Chicago, but the two agencies are not communicating. So you also have the Chicago Housing Authority moving families around at the same time. 
So there are multiple layers to this, but my problem has been with this policy of turning around, of shutting down, of not communicating with, 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 with the communities. And we sit on our hands and we grin and bear it because these are Democrats. And it's okay because it's not that bad what the Republicans might do. But here's the problem. Nobody is talking about what we do as an alternative. Charter schools are bad. That's all we hear. Charter schools are bad. Charter schools are evil. Charter schools are the devil. Charter schools are this. Charter schools are that. Da, 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 da. They're trying to fund public Hello? Okay. Yes, because I got so hyped I accidentally pulled the um <laughs> the microphone out. But uh but yeah, sorry. I got I got so hyped I accidentally knocked the microphone cord out. But anyway, but no seriously, right? Like so so this this was infuriating and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real with you. For a year, like I have kids, I had kids young, I had kids while I was in law school and stuff like that. So my kids did not come to Chicago with me the year I worked there. I only worked in Chicago for a year for the simple fact that there was not a viable, tenable situation. And this is right after Artie Duncan becomes Secretary of Education. There was not a viable situation for me to bring my children into because I'm sitting here knee deep, you know, hearing the stories, talking to parents, seeing what was left behind. And then Rahm Emanuel comes in as mayor and he just totally blows all that out the water. So this is what we have on the Democratic side. And, that, and that's just in one area, right? That, that's just Chicago. I'm, there are people who have stories from all over the place. So, yes, we need to resist and fight back and we need to try to find a way to mobilize, strategize and energize people around education policy legislation and, and demand better for our children. But we need to do so no matter who is running things. We need to do so no matter which party, because we have Democrats with their centrist third money, third way. We need to invest $20 million and doing X, Y, and Z and getting people to think the way we want them to think. No, stop trying to get the Democrats to accept you and love you and, and listen to you and do right by you. This is like an abusive marriage people are in with the Democratic Party right now. They are going to continue to screw you over. Why? Because they don't give a damn about your kids. They don't care about your kids. They don't care about my kids. They do not care. Last week, like if any of you listen to Policies Groups or follow me on Twitter, last week, you know, everybody's defending, oh, because in District 5 and John Lewis's district, it's so wonderful and this, that, and the other. And I live in a quote unquote nice neighborhood. My son got accosted by a damn cop. Everybody's a damn Democrat down in charge down here. Don't nobody give a damn. They don't care. They want to be the nice version of Republicans, not the not not the actual advocates of the people we need and want them to be. So again, I I, I know people see value and they and they want to be out there and reform the party, and and I know that on the local level, there's been a lot of stuff people have been able to do, but quite honestly, it's going to take a lot more to actually reform the DNC on a national level to do what needs to be done. They are proving day after fucking day, excuse my language, that they are not worthy of your love, your loyalty, your, your hard work. And I know people are trying to save the party because we need to save the party. Nah. <laughs> 
people need you need to just let that shit die. Just it just the Democratic Party is 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 dead on arrival. They want to sink twenty million dollars centrist third way. We need to get the people back. How are you gonna do that? What are you gonna do? Huh? All of a sudden, you're going to become progressive. You know, Neera Tandon um, tweeted at uh, 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 Alexander the Meh. You know, Alexander does really awesome research. And um, she's like, wait, wait, way to go attacking a potential ally while you, while you, while we're trying to defend against Trump's minions or something. She said, a potential ally. A potential ally in what exactly? We sit here right now talking about education. Betsy is so evil. But y'all upset that people mad about Cory Booker who rolls with Betsy on education. Let's just, just, let's just not that marinate for a few minutes. Like how long will we continue to make excuses for these problematic ass relationships that these people who are borderline progressive, kind of progressive. I mean, like, like, like not progressive at all, but we, they do this one great thing, like say that somebody's racist, who's racist. Like, how brave is it really brave to call out Sessions for being a racist when everybody named Mama knows that Sessions is a racist? Like he's been a racist as long as he, I mean, like, like, is that really brave? Like, I don't really know. Because what wasn't brave of Cory Booker was standing there snickering when uh, Madeline Albright was on her whole little special hell in place for women, you know, routine on the on the tri- on the on the trail last year. Like, like that wasn't very brave of Cory Booker. What was very brave of Cory Booker to sit there in July, August of 2015, when no one thought Bernie had a chance to help and say really nice, positive things about how, you know, they've worked together and he's good and this, that, and the other, to only several months later, once he's a threat, to start then trying to talk trash. That's not very brave of Cory Booker. And, and, and shout out to all the boot-looking Negroes out there who were just, oh my God, they're talking about Cory Booker versus Bernie Sanders. You think black people, what black people you know go follow Cory Booker besides y'all? Like, seriously. Like, like, who's doing that? Like, where is that happening? Like, I'm, I'm really trying to understand because we need to stop. Like, th- this is, this is, so, so we're going to, we're going to pivot a little bit, right? So this is where, um, you know, we have identity politics at play. So, so calling out bad behavior from people is not necessarily playing identity politics when there's actually a pattern of bad behavior. But when you have someone saying that we're supposed to just support someone no matter what they're doing, like in this case, it is wrong to, to denounce Cory Booker and, and, and he's black, or it's wrong to say anything about Kamala Harris because she's a woman. She's also black. Or it's wrong. I, I even saw, I guess on Twitter earlier, there are conservatives who are using the, the, the language from the Clinton campaign during the primary about Bernie Sanders interrupting, apparently he interrupts everyone, see there? Um, Betsy today during the confirmation hearing, and I think the questioning had to do with um, reporting campus rapes, requiring reporting of campus rapes earlier, if I, if I remember correctly, because she said a lot of outlandish stuff today, right? Apparently she's not willing to, to say no to guns on campus because there might be grizzly bear attacks. I did not know that grizzly bears on college campuses was a thing. Um, yeah, had no clue. Uh, I, I'm sure we are all, uh, uh, I, I don't even know what a handgun does against a grizzly bear. Like, aren't grizzly bears the ones you're supposed to just lay down and pretend? I get them confused. Like, I know one you're supposed to try and charge, and the other one you just lay down and play dead. Um, I think grizzly bears are just supposed to lay down and play dead. I don't I don't think you, you should actually engage a grizzly bear. Grizzly bears are dumb big. Like, like, <laughs> like, like grizzly bears are ferocious. 
what the hell? I guess that's why you need those those AKs and other stuff, right? Because the grizzly bear might come. It makes me, and I know I, I mention this video all the time, but it makes me think of um, the, the Shia LaBeouf song by Rob Cantor. You know, you're out in the woods because you're a cannibal and you're setting traps for people. Like like these people, the Betsy's and the Hillary's, like like they they clearly spend a lot of time out in the woods, not around real people in the real world, and they have all these really outlandish and fantastical ideas about stuff that's not a reality for the rest of us but but it's just so dismaying though to see the moral superiority and the righteousness of the of, of liberals and progressives whatever the hell they're calling themselves these days i really don't know democrats whoever um because it is really bad it is a train wreck and we can do that while acknowledging that we still have all this work that needs to be done and that's what i really think that needs to happen we need to have this more balanced even keeled approach yes you can go ham you can hate on trump hate on his his people you can obstruct anything that they're doing you know screw anyone talking about balance peaceful transfer of power for what peaceful transfer of power so she could defund schools and make it difficult for our kids to get education according to her uh, uh, public education is a waste that's awful. Why would she say that? Now, granted, there are issues in public education. We are 60, we're, 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 we're going into the 63rd year since Brown, or the 62nd year since Brown versus, we're, yeah, we're 62 years, yeah, 62 and a half years since Brown versus Board of Education, and we still have segregated schools in America. So there are issues with public education. We can't just act like it's just this great institution and it's beyond reproach. And it's not just because teachers are this, that, and the other. It's not just because administrations are this, that, and the other. There are a lot of deeply embedded issues. There's a lot of pathology in the way our system of public education is set up and run. You know, the no child left behind nonsense, the ushering in of common core standards and, 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 and stuff under Arnie Duncan, it's just gonna explode and be even worse now um, with, with this new administration coming in. So, so we, we, you know, we need to challenge people on multiple fronts and we cannot start using the bad rhetoric. It's not just, well, well, Arnie Duncan was bad too. No, 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 no. It's not just that Arnie Duncan was bad. Arnie Duncan was bad, right? She might be worse, but none of that is getting the problem addressed and resolved for, for millions of American school children. We, we have a tax on education coming from so many different levels. Out in Arizona, they're trying to remove references to social justice issues and things like that in the curriculum. But they make an exception for the Holocaust, which is fascinating. You talk about the Holocaust, but you can't talk about anything else, social issues, you know, organizing type stuff at all. So, 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 so there are levels to this. Like, like our activism can't be so one-sided. We can't be so fixated only on a certain position. I mean, quite honestly, you can do whatever you want to do. You know, that's, that's on you. You, you can do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. My advice, though, is that you don't get so fixated and bogged down on one particular obscure, obscure issue. And again, there's a lot of stuff wrong with Betsy. You know, there's, 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 there's so much, you know, her, her, her attitude towards enforcement of the IDEA, you know, Individuals with Disabilities and Education Act. There's so much so wrong across the board. And there's so many kids, just like how people didn't realize that they were going to be affected in terms of the gutting of Obamacare because they didn't make the connection with, it, that, with the ACA. There's so many people and families who receive benefits and opportunities under, you know, various uh, uh, Department of Education programs that, that, that do not understand what is happening or what will be happening to them. And, and we need to stop just relying on the smiling Democrat who's like, well, we're better than Republicans. Well, you're better than Republicans, but you're maintaining a system that only works for an extremely small percentage of the population. And the rest of us are really lucky and blessed because we have those teachers that go the extra mile, right? 
out of their own pocket or extra time or whatever. Or we happen to have an older sibling who, who, who goes extra mile to help us, right? Or, or we ourselves just somehow figure it out. Like I'm a proud product of public schools. I went to, I started when I, I started public school in the fourth grade, my parents homeschooled me before then because uh, school in Harlem was rough back in the eighties. Um, but, but I started in Jersey city and then I went to public school in Chicago, um, which is why the Chicago stuff and Arnie Duncan and watching what happened to neighborhoods that I grew up either in or adjacent to was, was very devastating for me. But, but, but even looking at like even my high school that where I went to Kenwood Academy, just looking at how they closed down, they closed down a bunch of the high schools on the South side of Chicago um, and then reopened them as special select enrollment schools. So you have removed neighborhood school options Forget, forget even considering, I mean, if you guys remember when the young man, oh my God, I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head. Um, he lived in Altgill Alt Gardens. That was a big thing right in earlier on in, in President Obama's first term um, that was that was killed in a gang issue on, on his way to school. Part of that problem, though, was the closure, but this was the school closures. When you track the school closures, you, 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 you know, Mayor Daly and others would say, oh, we don't pay attention to gang, you know, we don't pay attention to gang territories. Well, you should, because that keeps kids safe. Because kids who have nothing to do with that stuff, like growing up in Chicago, growing up in, 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 in 1990s Chicago with gang warfare, things like that, it was hard going from a neighborhood where you were in one territory and going to school someplace else. Luckily, where we went to where I went to school at was kind of like a neutral territory. There were issues. We've been shot at on the bus stop and all types of stuff. But they make decisions because they're so hardcore or whatever, but they don't think about our safety and what it's really like to be a kid on the streets in the daytime. And not not that you're a kid out there in the streets, because most kids, most kids do what they do to survive because nobody else is looking out for them. So so, yeah, so looking at what happened with my school, having to take in kids from other schools because their schools had been shut down and, and um, the way they move the selective enrollment and things like that. And then, and then so, so you only, well, we're trying to make more opportunity, but when you make things like citywide or you widen, it's not necessarily for that particular environment, right? Those particular kids, you're making it so you have people coming from other places to a school that used to be a neighborhood school instead of just increasing and developing the options and opportunity at that neighborhood school. Because we're talking about we're making schools better. You're making schools better for who? Who does the school get made better for? The people that you're pushing out or the people that you're bringing in? Because let's not pretend like gentrification doesn't have anything to do with the way our school policies and who gets closed and who gets turned around and stuff happens either. Because nobody's going to come in here and pay for your overpriced condos or, 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 or whatever it may be if there's not a decent school around. Like they're not going to do it because I'm not going to come here and pay for your overpriced condo. And then I still got to pay to send my kid to private school. You're going to have to fix this school. So what we need to do is we need to start working people on the grassroots level. We need to start working people at the most basic level. We need to be lobbying in these because some of the things that have been really great. Like I like to watch what happens in Chicago um, because there's some really great activism that happens there. You know, parents, because because Rahm Emanuel, he's a slick, you know, Democrats are so much better. He's a slick SOB. Um they were there, was, there were empty school buildings and they were trying to just sell them off for commercial venture. They were trying to sell the real estate off for commercial ventures, I think. And they weren't even having public meetings about it. So that money was just going to go into some fund, but not necessarily back into those communities or even into whatever school the kids, you know, when they shut down a school, the kids would go to. And then finally, you know, somebody blew it up out the water and it caused a whole big ruckus and they had to draw that, that, that plan back. 
And then parents have been able to be, you know, parents and community members have been involved in the process on several different levels. So we need we need that across the board in so many different places. You know, shout out to Bats, Badass Teachers. You know, that's a pretty good group. Chicago Teachers Union is, is awesome. I mean, you know, there are so many great groups. There's parents groups. There's, there's student groups. There are people who are actually engaging, involved in these issues. And, and that's what we need to be supporting, you know. There are a lot of big orgs out there. That's 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 wonderful. Y'all lobby and talk to the people. Y'all shake the hands and y'all got the pictures and y'all go to dinner and lunch with people who are famous. Good for you. That's not changing a damn thing on the local level, not consistently. If you're with an organization and you are not prepared to actually roll up your damn sleeves, if you don't have the connections to get the work done, you need to use your know-how, your means to help fund somebody else's work who actually can do it and get it done. Because that's, that's the problem. There's a lot of people out there doing the work but it's difficult for good, good local level grassroots folks to get it funded. Um, so, yeah. So, so, so we need to be balanced. We need to really be balanced. We need to be, it's absolutely critical that we're critical with our thinking. You know, it's definitely good to ask questions and demand answers, but you also need to know when to fold, them, right? Got no one to hold them. Got no one to fold them. When you get an answer, when you get a response, when you get the information that refutes something or that clarifies it's time to move on to the next thing. You, you, you it, 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 we should be wary of those who continue on trajectories to nothingness with, with no real aim, just because they just want to be right, just because they want to hear themselves talk. They want to, they want to beat the purity horse dead. Yes, purity politics. It's a problem. It's a problem. It's absolutely a problem. There, there, you, you can live in these purely academic contexts and worlds where you're going to have this argument for the sake of having this argument because you actually have no intention on doing anything about the underlying issue you're complaining about, but you want to complain. And, and we need to be wary of those types of people because that does not get action. I mean, that's why people, that's, that's the whole thing about the regressive left, right? All these derogatory terms, unfortunately, some of them do actually have value and merit. I'm sure we all can think of an example or two or three or five of people who fit those and, and those people need to kind of not that we get rid of people entirely but they kind of you need to watch folks if that's all they're doing and they're not actually talking about action that you can get involved in so like i said in new york there's alliance quality actually um journey to justice alliance is this huge grouping of education groups across the country um and 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 alliance of quality education is one of them the executive director is actually a former mentor of mine from chicago g2 brown so, so, so working on education and, and they, there was the, I don't know if people remember when they had the diet hunger strike about a year, year and a half ago in Chicago, Chicago high school, that they were, it's a neighborhood high school. They were trying to close it down and they were going to reopen it as like a performing arts magnet or something like that. So the, uh, yet again, another neighborhood high school was going to be closed down. The kids would be shuttled wherever else they were going to be going to. And what you got to understand is, you know, you know, with bus, you know, if, if, if I could walk to my school. And now you're saying that my family has to, and, and they, they would bus kind of, you know, but but you also have had all the different budget issues and stuff like that you have in Chicago. So you end up having families that have to bear the burden of busing their kids, paying for public transportation. So if I'm already on, a, if I'm already on a fixed income or I'm on a tight income and I already got to pay for my own transportation or if I'm married, we got to pay for our transportation. Then we have to start paying when our kids could have been walking to school. That's that's you 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 messing with families on so many different levels, and, and there's no like so so the parents. I mean, it was a massive, it was a long hunger strike. The parents, the students, the community got involved, and finally there was a compromise, and the school just recently reopened. And it and there is a neighborhood component. It's still partially, at least, a neighborhood school, and 
that is the type of commitment and involvement we need to see. We need to see people involved. It's not enough to just show up at a protest. You know, people go into these marches and rallies. It's not enough to just show up at a protest. It's not enough to just say, you know, we're going to resist Trump. It's not enough to applaud lawmakers who are refusing to go to the inauguration because you know what? You sh- I mean, you need to be doing your damn job. Like you, you need to be on your job because if you was on your job the last several years, if you was on your job, making sure that your fellow lawmakers and fellow potentials had the support they needed, we might not be in as dire a situation right now as we, as we're in. It's so cute that everybody can sit there and do symbolic sit-ins and stuff over guns and no watches and no fly lists and stuff that that's, that's beautiful. And we can refuse to go to inaugurations, but when you won't get to some real work. And not just in Congress trying to pass bills that might appease the Republicans. Like, they're not going to cooperate with you. Like, after all this time, all this damn no, like, they're not going to cooperate. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Dems, like, we need to be doing something different. I don't know if if Nick Brown is, you know, draft for Bernie is the way to go. I don't know that necessarily Bernie Sanders needs to be the leader of a party. Because he just seems, he, he, he goes back and forth. I don't know. But I do think that we need to be looking at options right now. And I get that there are people who want to work on options and then still help build up the party, at least for the time being, because that's the system that's in place. I'm really getting a little bit, you know, just need to tear all that shit down. And everybody's like, go green. Green party got their own systemic issues. I can't wait to talk to David Cobb and Jill Stein this weekend. At Occupy Inauguration. It's going to be pretty cool. Oh, and Ralph Nader. Yeah. Trifecta of greenness. Oh, yeah. But no, seriously, like we need, we need, we need to start thinking about options and opportunities. But what that takes for us to have, vi- when we talk about viability, it takes all of us to actually build to build it. We have to build the viability. We have to build the alternatives. We have to build it. We have to get involved. So we need to keep having the conversations. We need to seek people out, and we need to start really. We got to get out into the community. And if we can't be afraid to get out into communities that are traditionally underrepresented, marginalized, and 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 you know, disengaged from years of neglect and involvement. Now, I'm not saying that we need a bunch of white people to go over into the nearest black or Latino neighborhood and start talking to folks. What you need to do is start figuring out how do you work with your neighbors? When we're talking about on the city and county level, how do you start working with groups of people to start building the synergy and power that is necessary to really drive change, to move the needle? And then we amplify that across the nation. So... I need to go do my hair and pack. That is what I have for you tonight. Please, please, please. I'm on Periscope. I think it's the way with Noah. I think I changed everything to the way with Noah. Post some album. I mean, I'm gonna be on all over. I'm gonna be all over social media. Our hashtag is see you in DC. Um, also deploy progressive army. I know that's a long one, but um, we'll keep you updated with anything else we got going on. But yo, that's what I got for you tonight. I'll have something extra special for you the rest of the weekend. If you're a patron, I'm going to try. I know I'm supposed to start doing tea time, but it's been so busy trying to, you know, get us funded for this trip and life and the kids and, you know, my dad's health and stuff. But patrons, um, I am going to try to do little clips and special things throughout the trip on the the page, patron-only posts. If you would like to see this stuff, you can become a patron of the way. www.patreon.com slash the way with Noah. Um, yeah, so uh, appreciate you guys very much, and I'm out. And before uh, we do go, I just wanted to say real quick that um, Ben will not be on tonight. Um, he's got to start his road trip to DC if we want the coverage. But in addition to see you in DC.com, myself, David in the background for those that haven't learned my voice yet. And Brandon, Brandon Sutton, will more than likely be streaming from Ben's channel on 
Friday and possibly over the weekend as well. So in addition to cundc.com, um, check out Ben's YouTube channel, see if we're streaming and uh, catching up with Noah and everybody else on the team that will be uh, streaming directly on the ground. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, it's so much happening. You know, you got the Answer Coalition rally. You got uh, 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 Disrupt J20. You got the Women's March. You got there's Surge is having an anti-racial healing. I mean, there's so much happening. And, and you know, we're going to try and bring it to you the best we can. As much of a schedule for the day as we can kind of get, we'll try to get that out. But we're going to go where the people are. We're going to go where, this, where the story is, where the voices are. That's what we're going to bring you. So appreciate you guys so much. All right. Have a good night. Peace. The way. <laughs>